Hello, and welcome to this APQC Knowledge Management Podcast. My name is Ken Heyman, and I'm a research specialist in the Research Services Department here at APQC. I'm pleased to be joined today by APQC Executive Director Cindy Hubert. Hi, Ken. Hello, Cindy. And KM Research Program Manager Lauren Trees. Hi, Ken. Hi, Lauren. Thank you both for joining us today. You're welcome. So in 2013, APQC partnered with its KM Advanced Working Group to identify 10 barriers to enterprise knowledge sharing. Over a series of KM podcasts, we'll address all 10 of these barriers. So one recognized barrier to knowledge sharing is an organization's culture. Can you share with us what the term culture encompasses? Ken, this is one of our favorite topics, and Lauren and I could talk about this for about 10 hours. But But we we, promise not to. We won't. But culture is an interesting thing. So as we started this working group, it was so much fun. We started talking about culture, and, and we spent a lot of time just going around talking about what organizational culture meant, the behaviors, the norms, how we do things around here, and how things work, who you talk to. That's all what culture is about. And one of the things we hear most, Lauren, in knowledge management for years, two decades, is we're going to change our culture with knowledge sharing and collaboration. And the caution in this particular working group was, well, perhaps before we change our culture, we should begin to understand it so we could recognize all those barriers that make up that cultural recognition of, oh, this is a problem of culture because we do things culturally. Great. So along those lines, so could you provide for us some examples of cultural barriers that organizations may face? So just working off what Cindy was talking about, about the need to understand your culture, I think we tend to make a lot of assumptions about the culture. The... I mean, the overlying problem, you know, the overarching problem is if you have a culture that just doesn't value knowledge sharing and doesn't value collaboration. And we've definitely seen organizations where people feel like their knowledge is power, like they are rewarded for sweeping in with a hero mentality, um, you know, solving problems one off in that kind of fashion rather than collaborating and sharing what they know and trying to, to impact change in that way. But the thing about culture is that it's not a monolithic thing. Yes. And a lot yes. of people say, oh, well, our culture is this way or our culture is that way mm-hmm. without realizing all of the different subcultures and subtle variations that exist, even within a smaller or mid-sized organization, yes. much less a large, diverse, global organization. And really recognizing that different teams have different ways of working, different norms, and the need to kind of understand that, um, you know, and, and address that issue within how different groups yes. communicate with one another and collaborate with one another and share knowledge. Absolutely. And think about it, Lauren, when people come on into an organization, because one of the first things knowledge managers want to do is in the new employee orientation, get knowledge management embedded in there. So letting them know, here's how we access the tools for knowledge sharing. Here's how you participate. And we try to be really explicit about that. Now, as you both know, with as Morgan people come in, you have one perception of the culture. And as you just said, 
you it quickly shifts depending on you who you work with and how your interactions occur. So that's why it's, I think it's important to deal with very early on getting your new people coming into the organization for the first time a really solid understanding of how we do work around here. And that can be very powerful. And then backing that up by getting your managers on board to reinforce that Absolutely. communication. Because if you're just learning it in onboarding and then you see something very different when you move into the normal work of the organization, absolutely. then those lessons don't stick. Yes, absolutely. Great. So finally, can you provide us with some ways to build a collaborative culture and the resulting benefits organizations can realize from that collaboration? Absolutely. So I think the first thing is to be able to define your knowledge sharing or collaborative culture. And that's one in which people engage and they participate with internal and our external colleagues and peers to discuss, share ideas, come together to solve a problem. And we really look at this happening on three dimensions, if you will. Dimensions may be a bad word, but there's three categories. You connect with others to share. You communicate, and this may just be able to be uh, being able to provide context for something, purpose, often through stories. That's how people do communicate to explain strategy intent. Collaborate is actually coming together to work together, and I think we get that confused with our with the social media today. There's a lot of posting. People come in and respond to that post. They're talking past one another a lot Absolutely. of the time. Thank you. It's more about coming together around a joint effort that does have purpose and can you work with it. And there's two reasons to aspire to this. It feels better and it works better. Right? Yeah, I mean, companies are constantly worried about employee retention, they're worried about providing a learning environment. I mean, these are things that millennials and younger people who are coming into organizations say that they really want. And we throw lots of money at things like training programs and, and things like that without, I think, thinking about the culture that we bring and having that collaboration and that um, ability to work with one another and learn from one another yes. built into the day-to-day -day work of the organization. Because yeah. what we see in working with companies and talking to companies is that the vast majority of employees want to be collaborative. They want to teach. They want to learn. That's built into human nature. Um, so what we have to do is make sure that we're not preventing that or where this sort of cultures rub up against one another in terms of things like modes of working, how people want to be communicated with, um, you know, I, I, I want to send you a social media post and you want to send me a 50-page report back, Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, that you've got to find ways to help people navigate those relationships yes. and, and play a facilitation role. So I think that that's a, a big part of what a KM group can bring to the table to Yes. Not to change the culture, but to understand it and where there are differences in the culture to help try to bridge those gaps and create some norms for communication, collaboration, and, you know, this Absolutely. real, um, you know, working together. Well, and I think, Lauren, you bring up a really important part when you talk about the subcultures because there, while you, I agree with you, most people do, are open to sharing. There are those um, people that that's not their primary role. They want to work on problems, solve problems. And so you have to, KM has to build the mechanisms 
that allow knowledge to get to them and get come from them to get to where it needs to go, and, and a level of participation is required on all of this. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have your early adopters, your people who are out there, um, you know, wanting to collaborate and are comfortable with that, and then your people who are less comfortable with that. Within any culture, you have that continuum, right? right? right. Um, so you have to address it from a cultural perspective and also from the perspective of the individual. Yeah. Let's talk. So I know, Ken, at risk of running into 10 hours, let's talk just a minute hmm. about leadership, though, because leadership is what, what is so important for leaders is to enforce the behaviors that they want to see. So we do have classic rewards and recognition. You have so many great, you can have so many great things in the knowledge base about rewards and recognition and how you incent people to do this. But I think when you start looking at a leadership role, it's the reinforcement that's made. It's providing the common purpose, providing the platform or the venue in which people can communicate, connect, and collaborate together. It is reinforcing that message to say, if, if our business rule says we are going to capture and review before we come together to collaborate around it, we have to reinforce that. And that's a leader's role in all of this to make it happen. Well, and from a cultural perspective, you want to see leaders leading by example. If you are a leader who wants a collaborative and a knowledge-sharing culture, then you better be out there doing it and sharing what you know and also being open to learning and to reverse mentoring opportunities from yes. your group. Um, you know, you want to be seen as a collaborative leader. And if you're performing that way at the top, then that's going to trickle down, I think, into your culture much more than if you just say that that's what you want, but you're not leading in that manner. Right. I think one of the most important cultural things you can recognize is not just what to share or how to share it, but to help people learn and your end the roles involved in that. And it's powerful. Terrific. Well, thank you both for your valuable insight on this topic. We'll look forward to future CAM podcasts where we address other barriers to knowledge sharing. If anyone would like to learn more on this subject, we invite you to visit the APQC website, www.apqc.org. Thanks for listening.